Nowadays, introducing the original Blood Clad Podcast not PS. Sold in semantic. Special dedication all the way from New York. Boom! Yeah, man, SWOT semantic. Yeah, man, oh. Boom! Sold in semantic. Yeah, man, Big ups to the man, yeah. Sold in semantic. On another episode of Soothing Semantics, I am your host, Rafi Pinsky. Today, we have my brother from another mother, my achi from another... Ima. It's supposed to rhyme, but it doesn't rhyme. Stephen Cookshan. Ladies and gentlemen, what's up, my brother? How you doing? Thanks for having me, man. What a cool uh, surprise. It doesn't, it doesn't really... Dude, it's, it's really good to have you, bro. I appreciate it. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Watching your uh, success and grow since we've met... You know, having our uh, friend, shout out to Michael B, um, who was on your show as well. No one's got to follow you. You got to earn that respect. Just because you have a stupid title, which is why I hate titles. Titles drive me nuts. As a matter of fact, in my company, we don't have real titles. Okay? We have fantasy titles. We have amazing names. We don't like titles because titles make people think that they have control over people when they don't. You want to have control in a positive way over your team? Serve them. Take care of them. Impact them. Help them. Show them who you are. Lead them. And if you do that first, they will follow you. And Barai, uh, before baby. we even met, actually, I noticed that you had Michael Brive on your show. So, you know, I appreciate being here. And I know see all the success you've had since we met with the show and all the people that you've had. And from all walks of life, from Canada, from locals. A lot of Canadians lately. Yeah. yeah a lot of awesome. Lately. Yeah, bro. Thank you. Listen, we have a long way to go, but it's not going to going nowhere i'm not stopping so number one is consistency and yes, uh, that's what you're doing and just stay persistent you know there's gonna be uh speed bumps along the way and probably some flat curves but um you just gotta keep going that's what it's all about dude yeah but i but and never dry out the the list of people coming on you know that's number people want to see that exciting oh, dude, roster that you have ever since man i know it's awesome so Steve Kupchan is a fellow realtor in Miami, well, in, in South Florida, so Broward, Miami, all those areas. Mm-hmm. And uh, we talk all the time. We're very close. And we talk about our ups, our downs, and ultimately how much we, we enjoy the industry. You know, it's a, an industry that fits both of us very nicely. And uh, definitely, you have the floor now. Go into a bit of your story, and uh, you can talk about your time in Israel. You can talk about your, your time you spent in Canada living there. And go into how you merged in, into real estate and you know wh- where you're holding now. So yeah, awesome. So uh, I was born in Israel. Um, I moved to Canada early on. I would say you know around six years old. And I grew up in Toronto. What I say, I ever thought I would get into real estate? Never. I always thought of it as more like. A, Average job. I didn't know the ups and downs. I didn't know anything about it really growing up. I knew of real estate agents because I always saw signs when I used to walk home from school and, you know, for sale signs and sold signs. So I always saw the same, you know, five, six faces in my neighborhood. So I didn't really understand the value that these people were bringing to these sellers and buyers. So, you know, I've always been into sales growing up. I um held many jobs more retail but i was always 
with customers face to face in my teens and then I would get into uh, sales in like at 18, 19 years old. My very first sales job was actually when I went away for college for a year. I used to sell, um, I used to work with Israeli guys at a kiosk selling um, these pouches that would keep your hands warm. So they're like salt oh, pillows. Yeah, yeah, we you snap a coin. When you go skiing, everyone uses those. Yeah, you snap a coin. So I would sell them in the middle of the winter in Canada. And they're reusable, right? So um, it was awesome. Like people, That's a product that everybody kind of needs. Like That's a pretty easy And easy It was easy sell, and it wasn't expensive. At the time in 2010, when I was selling it, it was like... For the little ones, $5 maybe, but you have these neck ones, these face masks, and I would upsell people like crazy, and then I realized my passion for sales. Like I was very comfortable making hourly wage, and I, w- and I didn't really have this like motivation to exceed my potential growing up, right? I, I was studying um, a little bit of political science, then I merged to hospitality business. Mm. So my dream was like, I, I love traveling and I've always loved traveling. So I wanted to do something where I could travel for free. But I didn't realize that I, I could just rather be very successful and just pay for any trip I want. Like I, that didn't click in my mind. So in 2016, after traveling 56 countries from age 18 to 23, I moved to South Florida. I came here, my parents owned a condo right even before I moved here. So I always knew that there's like a backbone for me if I ever needed to stay somewhere. And I just really enjoyed the Florida lifestyle. It was a little bit different back then than it is now, like just the demographic. And I love the whole Latin culture that kind of attracted me as well. And then I moved down here. Um, and, it, you know, while I was immigrating here, I did a few different jobs. I worked for um, uh, this company that sold CBD products at a lot of events, like fitness events all around the country. So I got to visit most of the U.S. Mm -hmm. And then I did some wholesaling through the phone, more um, online. So we worked in like the Midwest. And that that was kind of my first little dabbling in the real estate industry. But it wasn't really an agent. It was more like, cold calling a list of people that have no idea what they want just ask them if they want to sell right. or if they're interested in getting a cash offer but it was like properties in the hood it was like 20 to 60k value it was just like really really like low air you know property values in like ohio crazy to think that these properties oh about this piece crazy to think that these properties still exist well, not 20k not here but Unless it's a mobile home, but 60K, I mean, you can still find those in, like, really bad areas. Yeah, and you can still find them in, like, I would say C-plus areas in, like, Ohio or in Michigan. And then I worked uh, in 2019. I met, uh, our, you know, mutual friend Michael B., and uh, he just moved from New York. I met him on Yom Kippur, actually. And uh, he invited me to partner up with him in sales because he's been doing it for a long time in New York. And at the time, I had my real estate license, but I wasn't an active agent. I was just like a part-time agent. So I got my real estate license in um, January 2019. So then I met Mike in Yom Kippur 2019, whenever it was, like October. He invited you for Plov and the rest of his history. (laughs) And yeah, we just became really good friends. Um, 
he invited me to work with him. We did work uh, from like October 2019 all the way to March 2020. I was working with Mike. Our dream was to like grow this sales company in South Florida, selling alarm systems to grow a door-to-door sales team and direct sales team. COVID came, as you know, 2020, spring 2020, COVID came. They shut us down. Uh, I wrote a book, so I was huge into languages, which I still am. I'm fluent in multiple languages, uh, eight. And I wrote a book in two languages, in English and Spanish, about how to learn languages during that COVID period where I didn't really have a job because I wasn't really working anymore. The government shut us down. We couldn't go door to door, so I kind of depleted my skills. I had a real estate license, which I wasn't using it. And um, I had to do something. I tried to kind of go the coaching route, but I, th- I knew it was a huge, huge effort. What kind of coaching? Life coaching? No, I was going to. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to find a niche of people that wanted Should to. I fill you up? Of course, always. Silly yeah. question. Uh, what I wanted to do. You want to just pass me the cup? Of course. Just so you guys know, we're drinking an Amarone de la Valpolicella. It's a beautiful, full-body Italian red from yeah. Venice. My my uncle has had a part to play in that creation. No, I'm kidding. I know Rafi's part Italian, so my, I thought I would bring him something. They're from the south, though. They're from Sardinia. Oh, that, oh, that's a good... They have good wine there as well. I've never tried it, but... Next time we meet, I'll bring you a cana now from Sardinia. Oh, man. Talk dirty to me right <laughs> now. Ooh. So back to my story. Just uh, after that, I, you know, I had my license. You know, I want to be... I want to thank my mom for this. She actually connected me to one of her clients who own a condo. It was a small condo renovated but at the time it was 150k small one bedroom hallandale got my first listing from word of mouth and from then i kind of enjoyed it the transaction with the buyer's agent and just the whole process of contract to close i really enjoyed it i made her happy you know although she broke even because she just really wanted to sell she was a motivated seller i got a full almost full price contract within three days of putting on the market i just thought you know take it and run could I have got more or full price? Probably, but amateur agent at the time. This was October 2020. So a year and a half ago. And then full throttle, man, since then. Kind of like learning the ropes. And then January 1st, I had my first buyer and my second listing. So that's it. And we're here, man. Just kind of climbing every month, getting better and better, loving the industry. It's such a learning. There's never something you can't learn. I mean, you can say that it's like that in any industry, but with real estate, since it's commission-based, every day you're adding more to your arsenal. That's awesome, of course. And I see like, I see a lot of young guns. Like, I would say I'm, you know, I'm doing pretty well for like my, my start of my second full year in business. And, uh, and I'm learning as I'm earning, you know. It rhymes for a reason. And I see people that, like I see people that are maybe 20 years older than me who have been in the business for many years. And I'm not criticizing them, but I'm just seeing that I've kind of caught up to a certain threshold of the community that I'm working with and the certain price point. I see I'm going up and up all the time, you know. I've I've definitely dabbled in, in the seven figures, but it's more like in the beginning I was selling condos and houses that like in the three four hundreds now i'm like north of 500 every deal i'm under contract minus except one here in aventura is over 500 so 
and as you know as prices continue to rise and go up and the market continues to be bullish we're going to see more increase of prices and that's it's a, it's a beauty you know we get paid proportion to how much value we add to these people right so if it's like a house that's been on the market for so long and there's four you know 15 bidders what kind of effort did you really put to bring this person this deal you know could they have done it without you for sure but then you build that loyalty with your buyer or your seller for them to stick around and kind of go with you so there's like you said there's a lot of lot to learn sky's the limit and i love the business um learning how to prospect every day finding a way to build my business and kind of leverage a lot of the stuff that i'm currently doing to give to someone else so i can focus on income producing activities right i want to bring in business yeah so i want to do it you know 80 80 percent bring in business 20 percent babysit the the buyers or sellers that i'm currently here right you know you know obviously you know who said that so um that's it are you talking about aaron yeah yeah i mean he talks about income servicing versus income producing I mean, income servicing is all the paperwork, all the, you know, and handling phone calls, all the things that aren't really making you money. They're part of the process. They're they're required to closing a transaction, but they're not the things that we're built for, right? We're salesmen. We we want to be the ones negotiating, talking, meeting, shaking hands, uh, closing. That's what we want to do. Not sitting there at a desk, t- writing things and sending things into DocuSign. That's not why we're doing what we're doing, right? Exactly. And that's not the primary part of the business. So if we can delegate that and, and focus on the income-producing activities, uh, which is PLAN, and I have to remember what the, what the acronym for PLAN is because he talks about it all the time. Um, appointments, negotiation, I'm pretty sure, is, is A&N. I'm sure I'm prospect list. I don't Prospecting know. is definitely the first one. Uh, lead generation or lead follow-up is probably the second one, I think, but I forget. Or, or uh, one of those. But anyway, I'll, I'll remember it. Well, you know that you know that you work for Keller Williams. I actually read the, the. You know, by the way, I hate saying, and I I, I never say for. I always say with. It's correct because okay. you don't really work. He doesn't right. even know who you are. Right. So that's why I like. Yeah, I always use the term. I work with them. You can argue you don't, it. Yeah, you don't because, work. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm an independent contractor. So of course. So you work like with. You're an agent with Keller Williams, and I know mm-hmm. in the book, the Millionaire Agent. One of the things, my biggest takeaways is, you know, having uh, le- continuous leads, continuous listings, and continuous leverage. The three L's are what really is separates. An average real estate agent from a multi-millionaire real estate agent. And leverage. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm focusing on. Like the, especially in a market like this, you want to be on the listing side, especially now. And I agree with you. And I tell my buyers all the time, I'm like, listen, this is the market. I had a guy an hour ago complaining about the market to me on the phone. I'm like, sir, you know, you're, you're not, you don't live in a much uh, different market. In fact, it's crazy. I had a guy from Canada call me and said, you know, the, the units you just sent me are, were about 100K less a year ago. I'm like, exactly, a year ago. Yeah. You know, I had ahead. told his wife that the units are much more expensive and they're going to mm-hmm. keep going up. And it's not only about the price, it's a scarce, scarcity. It's very obvious that supply and demand have a big factor. Don't you guys say scarce in Canada? Yeah. It's well, so weird. I heard that. This, some, some other Canadian said that. So you guys say scarcity? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why you changed it. I heard you, like, you switched it right Yeah, away. yeah, yeah. Scarcity. Okay. It's, well, it's also good that you like 
you understand you're since you're in America now you you switch it over well, I've been here for six years I'm an American citizen right I yeah. sometimes I say now things that are more American yeah, the biggest thing is a I've never really said it in you Toronto. don't say a you also don't say a boat no I, I mean those are like particular parts of Canada can it, Toronto is like a very Amer I would say it's a very Americanized part of Canada mm. like if I put you in the middle of Toronto and you look around you may think you're in Chicago you may think you're in parts of New York it's just very similar and it's a very multicultural um, city so I don't really speak like a super Canadian person maybe it's because of all the languages I know and all the places I've been so I'm very like new I try to speak as neutral as possible yeah dude 100 percent but it's it's amazing that you're so language focused I mean you you have a massive advantage and you and you've earned it so that's incredible bro like of course, I, shout out I, to, you know, the Latin community and the Israeli community and the Russian community and whatever, you know, Brazilians. I deal with a lot of Brazilians recently and, uh, you know, they don't really want to learn English and why not, right? If I can talk to them in Portuguese, by all means, I'll take so it. you I'll didn't take know it. Portuguese for shit and you completely learned it on your own? Yeah, I never, there's not a language I've ever taken a class for. Like I've taken tutoring for Spanish to be fluent. But I was already at an intermediate level. I just took it to be, I took advanced tutoring to master my accent and master my grammar. Like I can literally speak Spanish like a like a person who lives in Spain or whatever. You know, like I'm very wow, confident. But how did you learn some of these languages? What's your, what do you do to mainly learn them? So you should read my book, but I'll kind of give you a summary about it. Um, mm -hmm. And what's the book, by the way? Tell everybody what the book so is. So my right? book is called Fluent for Success. It's the name of the company that I opened up um, to coach people. The book's called How to Learn Any Language in Six Months or Less. If you type my name on Amazon, you can kind of see it. If you reach out to Rafi, um, said you guys a PDF I will, version. I will, gladly, I will gladly share it. Absolutely, bro. Of course, if you guys are interested in learning how to, languages and how I learned uh, eight languages in six months or less per language, at least to a, a advanced beginner or intermediate level. I'm not saying I was fluent like uh, university level within six months, but I was very, very conversational within those six months. So I actually learned Italian before Portuguese. That was my very f first success that I noticed that like a human, does, if they're consistent and they're not lazy and they know what they want and they really, really put effort. Like anyone can learn languages. Obviously, the younger you are, the better. Your brain's like a sponge. So my secret was to work on the four aspects of language learning. So it was um, auditory, so listening, a lot of listening. I would put on like music or YouTube videos or movies. Just listen. I don't need to understand anything. I just wanted to train my brain to hear all the tones in these languages and all the pronunciations. Then I would... Um, you know, speak. So just speak. Then I would read, and then but I would what if write. You don't have people to speak it too. Like, isn't that a key to learning a language? Of course. But what what year are we in? Twenty twenty two. Okay. There's so many sites where you can meet native speakers and just have Zoom or Skype conversations with them. So, so you literally just met a random person. You met Giuseppe from Italy. And you just have a conversation with them. Yeah. So I I actually worked with Italians for six months. That spoke zero English. So what did I do? I already knew Spanish and French, same language family. I just sat down every morning, six to nine. I would spend time YouTube and grammar learning, just 
listening to Italians all day kind of got me to the fluency that I wanted to. Wow, dude, it's amazing. That's a humongous advantage you have as a realtor. Like, it's a humongous advantage because you have all of the, the, the languages in this, sta- in this city that are spoken. You have them all. So for me, Hebrew and English is all I have. So when it comes to Spanish, if I cold call Spanish clients, I'm fucked. I don't speak their language. So of course I can refer them to Spanish speakers, but I want to at least know what they want, right? It's if, at least I know their motivation. That's enough to say, okay, well let me transfer them over to somebody. But I can't even get past the basics. So like Spanish is something I need to at least get a decent hold of because I'm missing out on a lot of people. Like I'm, yeah, yeah. I always tell everyone people. You know, I tell everyone moving to Florida. Like if you can get a beginner's or an intermediate knowledge of Spanish. It's going to go far, whatever business you're in. If you're in real estate, mortgages, insurance, you're a nurse, you're a Botox injector, you're a carpenter. Like It doesn't matter. You need to know Spanish in the city because mm-hmm. the people usually gonna, you're going to circle around with are going to be Spanish speakers, right? Like I have great contractors. They're Argentinians. They speak English, but are, we communicate all day in Spanish. These guys are do amazing work for me, you know, for the properties, the house I'm living in, I'm just closing another one March 1st. So um, these guys are doing projects for me and I can refer them out. We have, we you know, rapport. They're not overcharging me because I've built a friendship with them, you know, mm-hmm. as most contractors trying to make a few dollars. On- when you say you're closing on when you're buying another house? Yeah, March 1st. You were renting it out. What are you doing with it? Um, one we're going to rent out. The other one um, will be a, for the family my parents my you know and then i'm gonna buy another one for myself and just like a primary somewhere you know i know the market's high but i do believe that it's gonna go higher and i think we are uh in an unprecedented time in in the buffett method dude you buy when everyone else is scared i mean that's what he's saying like when everyone's greedy when everyone's greedy, it's a, he says it's a bad time to buy. When everyone's nervous, it's a great time to buy. Although there are plenty of people buying now, yeah. there are many people not buying, right? Yeah, people are it. waiting for this magical, imaginal... Like, I've heard, it's honestly... It's market to dip, and like, yeah. who the hell knows what's going to happen? The likelihood is we're still living in the COVID world. We don't feel it in Miami at all, but outside of Miami and other states, it's still very strong. You go to California, it's still very masked up. So I was just there recently. So in places like that, people are looking to get the hell out of there. So as long as they continue these restrictions, if Trudeau in Canada still pulls his crap and they still have all these restrictions, you're going to keep seeing people uh, keep keep seeing people moving. Yeah, I see yeah. it all the time. I see people that want to get out, like Europeans, South Americans, Canadians, other Americans from, you know, the states such as California, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, mm-hmm. a lot of restrictions, right? So kind of we're grateful here, you know. It, it's it's a win and win lose situation because we have a lot of business, but we also just kind of like inflated our prices mm-hmm. where the locals are not used to it, and they're like, the people that are complaining are not people that are really coming here. It's the people that live here already. Oh, is the when you were paying for fifteen hundred dollars a month for a one bedroom, in in this neighborhood, and all of a sudden your landlord charges twenty two hundred, pretty much like or not even twenty five, twenty six hundred. I have a friend who was paying 
2600 a month. Now his landlord's asking for 4K. He can. He can. There's no, we don't have restrictions here. for. People will pay it, yeah? People will pay it. It's crazy. Location, location, location. See, this is where you need to have perspective. Because this is all about mindset. So the people who don't have the money, of course, are freaking out, right? But there are people, unfortunately, who are likely going to have to move to other parts of Florida. Or to just lower income parts of South Florida, which is becoming less and less of a thing. This is where, as a young entrepreneur like you and me, we have to focus more on making more money. It's as simple as that. Yeah. We can't look at the market and say, oh, well, let's raise your budget. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm just, I need to hustle more and make more money because I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here. Of course. This is a blessing. As a realtor, this is a blessing for us. So we need to work with that and utilize that. But of course, yeah, some people have it difficult. Listen, they have a bunch of kids. They, they can't leave their job. They're worried, whatever it is. I mean, that's capitalism 101, man. What are you going to do? You know? Raise your standards. Raise your hustle, man. Raise your income. So what do, you, what do you advise for new agents that are, say, a lot more on the buyer side? Okay, because you've had a nice amount of buyers. Yes. What do you suggest in a market like this in order to get your offers accepted, in order to make sure that you make your buyers happy? What are some great buyer tips that you suggest? So I, what do you even suggest? You can also give advice to buyers themselves. Of course. So, you know, if you're trying to buy or if you're a buyer's agent or you're working with buyers in this kind of market, you have to educate your buyers or just ask you, you know your realtors to educate you on where we are like market research what kind of price points are going selling around that it's very important to know not only like the price of the property but the price per square foot and then okay if it's selling for 350 for example per square foot i'm just giving throwing out numbers is that, is that the, for a renovated property or a property that needs renovation so kind of know have a, someone who knows the scope of um, why certain things are listed for certain prices? Is that person trying to milk the market, or is it, are they trying to do a, like a a bidding war? You know, so you have to have an agent who understands not only the neighborhoods, but the attitude of the seller's agent. Like, it's great to know them. Listen, you know, thank God I work for an awesome company, Compass. Shout out to Compass. We have awesome network of people from all over the country. Started in New York, where we have a huge, huge presence here in South Florida. They've been expanding extremely, extremely, taking market, you know, control and a lot of the market share. Not only in luxury, but also in like the mid house, mid condo prices. So, you know, not only like Aventura, Miami Beach, Coral Gables, Coconut Grove, they just opened an office in Weston and Coral Springs um, for Lauderdale, Palm Beach area. So there's office everywhere. So it's good to have that compass connection. So if you know people in your brokerage or if you have friends, like if you had a listing, Rafi, like I would call you right away. So like, listen, I may have a buyer for you. Let's try to do a deal, you know, mm-hmm. and you because we have a report you're more likely to kind of like push my offer through, right? Or at least let me know what the highest offer is. dude. So it's very, it's kind of important, you know, for me to, as a buyer's agent, 
to really, really know who these listing agents are in these neighborhoods, who has the most amount of oh, yes, market dude. share. This is incredible advice. Yeah, you, you want to always get to know the big fish. That's why this podcast is so powerful, even though it's in the early stages. When it gets into the bigger stages, I mean, dude, for referrals and connections, this is everything. Because if you, let's say you have a buyer and you're looking for something off market and you have a personal relationship with 30 of the biggest realtors here in South Florida, DM them, send them a text message, say, hey, do you know of anything off market? But if you don't know these people and they, don't, they won't give you the time of day, that could be the difference between you getting a deal done and not getting a deal done. Um, and, and that's a huge power you have. So if, if, a buyer, uh, if a buyer or a seller asks, what can you bring to the table? Generally, the buyers don't ask that as much as the sellers who do because the sellers have tons of realtors that are competing for their business, right? Unless until you really build that connection where you're their agent. When you're, when you're trying to first get to know them and, and work with them, you need to bring something else to the table aside from just putting it on the MLS. That's not enough. Everyone can do that. Of course. So when they ask you that and you have a, a, a network of like-minded agents who are in that price range who can hook you, who can hook, make it happen. If I have a listing for $3 million and I know that you likely have a buyer for that and I can just connect with you, give you a call and be like, hey man, do you have any buyers for this property? And you say, yeah, bro. I've actually, I have three buyers that are looking for something just like this. Boom, we have something going. But there's a lot of agents that don't leverage these things. So that kind of ties into technology. Like we don't have to go too, down, too far down a rabbit hole, but um, although it's relevant, I mean, like this, we live in this age, man. So like a lot of these much older agents who are either very bad at technology or just don't want to get into it because it's not their thing, it sucks for them because they're missing out, dude. Like the older agents who can kind of find a love for technology... They're the ones who are going to continue to to be competitive versus the newer people, the younger people. For sure, for sure. Technology is important, right? It's not only about, like you said, just putting a property on the MLS and just letting it ride. In this market, listen, you'll get away with it, but it's also important to market. Like, send out postcards. If you have an open house, go and knock on some doors. Get to know the neighbors. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Maybe you'll get an, you sell one, two, three golden way then you're gonna get one two three five golden way because the neighbor mm-hmm. oh there's you know rafi just sold something on my street for 425 or 445 i was i thought my property was 400 i'm gonna go with rafi i'm gonna mm-hmm. list with this guy this guy's mm-hmm. a, mm-hmm. a beast you know so don't be afraid to spend some money on facebook ads or google ads or whatever send some postcards or maybe you know spend 30 40 minutes walk around the neighborhood yeah man i door knocked in the rain with uh with uh, a new realtor from the office, shout out, shout out to Brooke Holbrook. We um, we went around in the rain the night before, not the night before, a couple of days before the open house, and we just yeah we just walked around the neighborhood, handing out flyers, knocked on, knocking on doors, making sure the neighborhood got the uh, got the notice, and uh, whether they whether a lot of them actually showed up or not, because I know most of the people showed up with realtors, they have my flyer, they have my number, they have my email. They know the property is is uh, selling. I'm putting a rider. You know the riders on the signs. You know the little attachment. So I just got. A, I just ordered a bunch. I'm uh, uh, I'm waiting for the clips to attach the rider to the actual sign. It's yeah, under contract pending for right, sale. Right, right, right. Exactly. Sold, yeah. So this way, it's coming tomorrow night. As soon as it comes, I'm going to drive to the house. I'm going to put the under contract sign up. So this way, people driving by see it's under contract, and then once it closes, I have another one for closed that I'm going to leave up there for a good week or two. Just so people, I'm just going to leave the sign there and a little bit after it's already closed. This way people can see that uh, the job got done. Yeah, you know? of course. It's important. 
Yeah, and I also got I also got solar lights for the sign. So at night, it's it's still lit up. People driving by don't see like a completely dark sign. They can actually see it. It's amazing. Good. I don't have to, these little no investments yeah. go a long way, man. No batteries. No uh, no plug in. The the sun powers it at night. So, it automatically shout turns out on. to Nova Energy. Right. The sun guys. Oh, is solar that Mike? Guys. Yeah. Oh, Mike and Yossi. Remember Yossi? Mm-hmm. This guy's doing well. Yossi and that beard. Oh yeah. 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 Awesome, I'm proud of him. I'm glad he didn't uh, end, end up uh, d- doing any terrorist attacks. <laughs> Everyone's like, what do you mean? I don't understand. He's, he's a very dark Israeli man, and uh, he looks like he would get stopped at TSA. <laughs> that's, why it's very, me a that's why us Jews are so unstoppable, because we have people from all different, all different backgrounds. So, like, you know, we just blend right in. Oh, my bad, bro. I'm sorry. Can't, can't reach let me, it. I would let do me it. Get it, let me get it. Let me get that cup, homie. Of course. Just bring it over here. You ever, you ever crack a nice bottle of wine with some of your clients? I mean, I don't like to crack it because if I crack it, all the wine will spill out. <laughs> Pun intended. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely have. I try to do l'chaims for the with the with the yidden with the Jews. Yeah, and I do like chino cheers. I always yeah yeah for sure. Nice to have a drink with the closings. Of course, I actually had a closing today. Um, good, nice. Congrats, Speaking bro. of Hollywood, congrats, you know congrats. Hollywood, Hollywood Hills, great area, growing. Mm-hmm. We got a, a little bit under market value. It, did ha- it does need a little bit of TLC. So once the buyers tender, tender love and Kupchan. yeah, <laughs> TLK, and um, you know buyer will be happy. Great neighborhood. It's it's a good time to buy. I think always. Right, you can't you can't time the market. We're not we don't have a crystal ball as real estate professionals. Can there be a dip down the road in the next, you know, three three years? Possibly, right? You know that chair rocks, by the way, right? Of course, I know. Nice. Fall it's, a good addition. it's a good addition, yeah. It also helps that you're a good looking guy. It doesn't hurt you. Think imagine you were an ugly guy. It'd be hard. It'd be harder, <laughs> you know? I would cold call more than <laughs> I would do business through the phone. That's what I'm doing. We're trying. Listen, not everybody's a stud muffin like you, Steve. But uh, no, I really respect you. <laughs> One thing, guys, I want to tell you about Rafi is super consistent with his prospecting. So he, you know, I know he from nine to twelve. The guys, frankly, all day are in the office. But I know at least from nine to twelve, you are just focused on bringing in new listings and contacting. Um, expired for sale by owners, circle prospecting, whatever, you know. Don't get me wrong. I think it's a great thing and I do it as well. Am I consistent like you know because I'm super busy with um, buyers. But right now I hired someone to help me at least get some weight off the shoulders with some of my business Mm -hmm. where I don't have to deal with like paperwork and, you know, following up make sure his loans approved and like just little things that who cares if it's me or someone else who does it 100%. you still have my attention you're still my client i'm still overseeing Anything, the operations it looks much better to have somebody handling these things it looks very professional when you have somebody else in the mix than just you alone it says something it says it, it tells it sends a very clear message that you're a busy person and you and you have an organized business i think it's a very good thing as long as the client feels that they can connect with you if they need to and that there isn't a wall put in front of them that they have to contact this this assistant and they can never get through to you, that's a big turnoff, I think. 
But so long as, okay, paperwork, as long as the person's competent, that, that you hired is competent and they're getting the job done. But if your client wants to give you a call and just speak to you directly, they can. I think that's that's the most important thing. For sure. I'm so, always, my clients, yeah, yeah. I have clients that message me at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. And I have clients at 5.30 in the morning. So I'm always available. I just want to make sure that someone could handle some of the situations because I'm, Obviously, trying to bring on new business, and but I'm also trying to give good customer service. So, how do I give awesome customer service? I can't be in two places at the same time. But what I can do is, I could hire and train and kind of show off my per- show the, the other person my personality, my you know executive assistant. Um, yeah, bro, hundred percent. So I'm 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 more listing focused. Of course, everyone wants to be listing focused. Um, you know, I do need. Dude, obviously, I'm working on, on more and more buyers as the day goes. I'm getting more and more business. But uh, you know you know the difficulty with buyers. The difficulty with buyers is there's a very little inventory. And the difference between a good buyer and a not such a good buyer is the, the motivation and financial ability to buy a property. It's like some of them have the financial ability but aren't willing to play the game. But when you have a buyer that's strong financially and they're willing to play ball you know your time is a lot better spent. There's a much higher likelihood that everything will go through uh, versus a buyer who may want to do something, but they're not realistic. So Yeah, that's the first thing I tell my assistant, you know. I'm like, the ask them the question, like, how motivated are you to buy? Like, if mm-hmm. I find you a property that you love tomorrow, are you ready to pull the trigger? As salesmen, we have to ask a lot of questions. Like, we're just so used to just being, like, brokers. No, we're salespeople, Right. Once that lead comes through you, your job until you die, until they say, you know, I'm not fucking interested or stop bothering me, propose everything to them, you know? Pre-construction, condos, single family, townhomes, Broward, Miami-Dade, you know, Miami Beach, Brickell, like whatever you got to propose to them, give them everything until they say I'm not interested. Because if someone has a little bit of interest, but they're not... Like a hundred percent, you gotta find what's what's holding them back. There's mm. always some sort of like, I'm interested, but I'm only gonna file my taxes in you know March, and then I'm gonna am I gonna then I'm gonna pre-approve. I'm like, okay, you know, you put them in your database that they're gonna be they're ready in six months. But there's people that are like, like we mentioned earlier, like they're ready, they have the money, but their motivation is maybe two out of ten because they're deal shopping, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Deal shopping, go on Groupon. That's it. That's another thing also. People will use a realtor to window shop and they know it going into it. And as a realtor, there's another very important thing about, about personal, interpersonal relationships is, of course, you want to look after the other person's best interest and you want to do right by them. But you also have to understand when to put your foot down and say no. When you clearly know your time is being wasted and there's nothing like they might be benefiting by looking around you have to look after yourself. I mean, you have to learn how to say no at times. There's a there's a cordial way to do it. There's a nice way to do it. But I mean, if you don't know how to put your priorities in, 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 a, in a row, your ducks in a pond, you're going to be sitting there wasting enormous amounts of time making minuscule amounts of money. So it's, it's, it's very important as a person to know when you're being played with, when, yeah. when you need to uh, focus your time on the right people. And it could be this is the right person, but it's not the right time. 
So it's important to make that very clear. And at the end of the day, the, the person will respect you more for it and see that your, your time is valuable. Of course. It's very important to set your expectations. And in, in, in Keller Williams, uh, you know, Gary Keller teaches a very great concept that's you teach people how to treat you, right? That's what respect is. You teach people how to treat you. Even good people will sometimes take advantage, either knowingly or unknowingly, because they see that you they can, right? So you need to set those boundaries. It's very important in a business like sales. Yeah, it's important and- in any business, but especially in a business where you don't make money unless something closes, you need to, to really think about how you're spending your time. It's such an important thing. And, and I, listen, you and I are both on the newer side. You know, thank God we've, we've been doing this for, for quite some time now, but we're in the grand scheme of things, we're still pretty young. This is more than ever the earlier years of business or the times where we're really building ourselves. We're, we're filling up the pool of business. So like this is where we, we really need to make sure that we're doing things properly. I mean, always, even 15 years down the line, and, and God willing, very much earlier than that, we won't have to be doing any of these phone calls. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is, this is prime time. Like This is when we really have to focus on what we do with every, every minute, you know? Mm-hmm. So for sure. Yeah. And, you know, I, it's probably the first time or the first kind of period of my career that I'm not really neglecting clients, but I'm not really focusing so much on certain business because I'm so busy in other aspects. Like, like rentals, you know, my system will do them or like minimal, quick, small deals. Not that I think I'm too good for it. I just have certain priorities, and I don't want to neglect You're customers. You're for yourself, brother. You're setting a standard for yourself. There's nothing wrong with that. If you know, if your average sales price is ten million dollars, um, if your most of the properties you sell are ten million dollars, and a client comes and wants a five hundred thousand dollar property, of course it's worth helping them. But if you have somebody that works with you, you hired an assistant, or you have a younger agent agent that's that's learning from you, give them the client. Let them let them handle the client. If the client is adamant on you working with them, not a problem. Be be part of the process, but allow that that agent to do a lot of the work. That agent's benefiting. You're benefiting. It's a win win for everybody, and that's the end of it. Totally right. And at the end of the day, I mean, you you worked your way up to earn that business. There's a reason why your average sales are ten million dollars. You earn that, right? So I think uh, you know that's just the name of the game. That's how you grow. I mean. The, the the beauty of this business is like the people at the top, the realtors that are levels above us, they they have clients ru- running and, and begging to work with them, right? Yeah. So now we're, you and I are in a stage where we really want to, to lead generate and look for clients. And there are agents in our market who, quite frankly, agent uh, clients would love to work with them. Can you imagine that kind of... And you have, of course, you have people who are happy to work with you. They hear about you. They're referred to you. They hear good things about you. But when you have sold hundreds or thousands of properties, and many of them are luxury properties, and you've built a name, you have a reputation, a powerful reputation. I mean, people are calling you left and right. And they're, I mean, can you list my $15 million house? We would love to work with you. And you know you're making ass loads of money, right? But, but, but the better part of making the money is that you know you earned the, the predicament, right? Like you're now in a position where these luxury clients are coming to you, right? 
And that's a beautiful place to be, man, because like you're at the point where you're still a salesperson, but you've gone beyond. Like you're at a you're you're just at a different level. Luxury is luxury will always be, right? Are you selling a are you hard selling a Corolla to someone or are you gonna have a guy who's interested in buying a Rolls Royce come to you and just make it so elegant and the whole mm-hmm. process is mm-hmm. nice and glass of champagne and what color seats do you want? It's like that. You give white glove service, but if you can learn to give white glove service and be a very, I love what you're about to say. Go on. A very, very uh, good agent from from the lower price points. Imagine what you can do when you do hit seven or eight figures. That's what a guy, Daniel, you, you know Daniel Tinker? Yes. That's what he spoke about, actually. He said that because I was like talking to him about, about trying to get a listing and co-listing it with him because it was like a big listing. Um, I didn't end up getting it. Um, you know, I just didn't get it, unfortunately. But I wanted to co-list with him because I know he has experience with condos like in that, that price point. Don't be hurt. See it on your face. Never kidding, kidding, kidding. But he, he, you know, he does a lot of these like six, seven, eight, nine million dollar deals. And, you know, he knows that market. He knows the area, you know. So I wanted to work with him. And he said, he said, listen, man, I mean, it's not going to happen right away. You know, because I told him I didn't get it. He said, it's not going to happen right away. But just give that that service no matter the price point. Just work on selling the properties that, that you get. Um, and eventually you'll build yourself to that point. Like don't try to jump too much. And at the end, it's not about jumping. I mean, I'm, I'm, if I have an opportunity, of course, I'll take it. But it, there's a process. Like life has a process. Of course, when you're in the game and you're consistent and persistent, you're going to have, there's going to be an element of luck, right? Like if I stay at home all day and there's a hundred bucks on the floor outside, if I go outside and I find the hundred bucks, is it luck? Yeah, it's Law luck. Law of average. Right, exactly, exactly. That's it. So just to elaborate on that, I mean, if I'm out there, I'm much more likely to grab that opportunity. It doesn't mean that there isn't an element of luck involved or good fortune, but you know, luck favors the bold, right? Luck favors the, the tenacious. If I'm out there and I'm going after it, it's a lot more likely to come to me. Yeah. I might fuck up. I might get nose 50 times, but at some point, something's got to give. Yeah, the guy who's sitting on his couch who makes zero calls. The day I make zero calls, the day you make 40 calls, you're always going to have a better chance of getting a, a listing than I am. Right. Don't get, you know, and I always know it. Every morning, every day I don't make any calls is the day the guy who was making calls looking for expireds or... You know, whatever kind of ways prospecting. Even mm-hmm. if uh, you buy a list from a guy from Pakistan of a thousand absentee owners, that's still an opportunity for you to find some little gold nugget, right? Yeah, man, I'm hunting. I mean, like, dude, I, uh, I. It sounds cheesy, but like, I posted this lion on my story the other day, and and I and I I, I relate a lot to like certain animals in the animal kingdom, like because I look at how humans are just intelligent animals. And I and I just think about we're we're salespeople like we we're hunters. Everything man. is a sale, and everything we're you hunters, want is a man. commission. Like, I mean, I, I I'll go off on a caveat in a second, but we're hunting for businessmen, and and people will may take that the wrong way and say, oh, you're hunting, you're 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 you know, you're just trying to get money and clothes and and do all that. At the end of the day, everyone's trying to succeed in life. I mean, well, not everyone's actually trying, but we all want to, right? But the, there are certain people like you and I who are actually actively trying. So, uh, Aaron, right? Aaron Novello, shout out to you. He gave a very good example of why selling does not have to be some kind of, it doesn't have to have a negative connotation, right? Because selling is persuasion and persuasion has a negative connotation. When you think of persuading someone, right? You think of kind of conning them or, or getting them to do what you want. 
But when you're selling something, you are, in a sense, getting someone to do what you want. When, when you're befriending somebody, you're getting them to like you, right? You're, you don't have, but the, the beauty of it is once you're true to yourself, you don't have to force anybody to do anything. When, when I'm myself, I don't give a fuck if somebody likes me or they don't. Of course, I'd like people to like me. I, if nobody liked me, there'd be a problem, right? There's something I have to fucking look at internally and wonder why nobody likes me. But the irony is when you don't give as much of a fuck, that's when people like you, right? When you have a normal understanding of, of, of human beings, people like you. Like you're a decent person. You go after what you want. You, you have good human qualities. People will like you. It's not that complicated. But that, that takes skill like anything else. Uh, but when it comes to selling, he gave an example of a restaurant, right? If you go to a bomb restaurant or even this wine, right? You love the wine. You will not stop raving about the wine because you love the wine. Are you selling me this wine? Yes, you are. You're convincing me that this wine, you're persuading me that this wine is a great wine. Are you doing something bad to me? No, not at all. You're simply in love with this wine and you want to share that love with me. You want me to know how good it is. So it's the same concept. If you're selling a product that is very, very uh, beneficial, if it's good for the, for the client, you have a house that you know the client wants, yeah, you're going to sell that house. Like more, more likely than not, you don't even have to do any kind of selling. The house will sell itself. But yeah, you, have to, you want to show the client how valuable it is, right? So you're persuading the client, of course, but at the end of the day, you know that it's a valuable it's a valuable asset. It's a valuable uh, investment. It's a, it's a valuable sale versus selling some, I don't know, fake designer crap that like, yeah, I mean, they might buy it, but you have to really sit there and come up with reasons why it's valuable when in the back of your mind, you wouldn't buy it yourself, right? Yeah, of course. And like, that's a different, it's just a different world when you can, when you can offer something. Does it mean that every house your buyers buy, you would buy? No. But at the end of the day, you know that for what their needs are, for what they're looking to accomplish, it's a good idea. And that's the beauty of it. That's why like, I'm glad that I got into this business because I believe in what I'm selling. And that's what makes it like such a beauty to do because you can actually do well by people and make great money in the process. And one thing is, you know... I can't I'm... drop the mic because it's attached to the, to the boom arm, but either way. <laughs> a lot of, what I've noticed is like, there's a lot of shady realtors out there and there's a lot and maybe they're just chasing the the paycheck but from the bottom of my heart like if I don't feel like the decision is a valuable decision where I know that our relationship will be there for a long time if I'm honest and straightforward with my client I would let them know I'm like listen I know you like this property but there a b c why you should not buy it mm-hmm coming from a professional standpoint. A lot of real estate transactions are emotional, right? Like I would say the, the end users, they're very emotional. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love this view from this bal- water view from this balcony. Or I love this kitchen or I love this flooring or, you know, the garage isn't big. Whatever. Those are emotional decisions, right? But when you have these like multifamily buyers or like these Airbnb investors, they're very logical. Oh, my cap rate is off by 0.5. I'm not going to make the purchase. But then when the market, like I had guys that were complaining about 6, 7 cap a year ago. Well, now we're, we're struggling to get 4 cap. We're mm-hmm. all these, you know, these guys that were complaining. Where are we now? Mm-hmm. So everyone's like in this la-la land. So 
You either have really emotional buyers who are until certain emotions are not triggered, they're not going to make a decision. Or you have certain logical buyers if the math doesn't add up or like the price per door or whatever if you're dealing with multifamily or I don't know. If the, if the guy's principal interest um, taxes and insurance is higher than what his rent would be, like it doesn't make sense to buy, which is, you know, fair enough. At the end of the day, even if it's an emotional purchase, it's still an investment, right? So um, as long as you cross your uh, your T's and dot your I's, you know, your client should be very happy with you. And I hope, as a real estate professional, I hope when you represent this industry, you do it for your client, not because you have this magical, like, 3% coming in. I, I mean, I'll be honest, in the beginning, I've always, like, pre-ejaculated, pre-calculated my commissions. I'm not going to be a child. I'm not going to be a child and make that comment. It's fine. Go on. <laughs> so I love this podcast. It's a great podcast. Of course. You you know, <laughs> if you have a guy, you, if you put an offer on a $1 million property, you already, you already know you're going to gross the, you know, 30K, you, whatever broker fee you have, you're going to take home, right? Mm-hmm. But until you're like really past the, inspection period and you know your client is you know his loan is going to be approved or whatever or if it's cash you want to you don't really want to calculate that because then you're you're telling yourself steven i'm only worried about what kind of money this will bring me not the relationship i have like if i could if i know that let's say you're a buyer for example if if I know that one of the routes is like, okay, I can make 3% commission from you, but I'll never deal with you again. Or if I can make I always 2 to 2.5, but I'll know that I'm going to have three, four, five more transactions with you along the route. Like it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's about like if you sell a house to somebody that you know is a bad idea and you knowingly avoid telling them something and they end up unhappy with the result, you'll never get a referral from them. Ever. Aside from not getting a referral, you're simply just fucking somebody over, okay? But some people don't care about that. But if you want to think of it, even from a selfish standpoint, even if you only care about the money, even then, do the right thing, right? You should do the right thing just for the principle of doing the right thing. But either way, if you think in the short term, it's going to bite you in the ass. Always. Do the right thing. Find them a property that they're actually going to be happy with so they can refer you and you can make more money. That's the problem with, with certain realtors in this industry. Unfortunately, you have people in all businesses that think this way. Um, I think it comes from a, a... I'm not really sure why it happens. I think for some people, they just see an opportunity and they just want to take it and, and they don't really care about what happens in the future. Um, and I think that's a very it's a very problematic mindset like you have to always be future thinking yeah because people you know like we have to be future thinking when i have an attorney or 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 an accountant like it's very easy to trust them because they're kind of authority in that we're seen as authority figures you know in retrospect in our industry so it's very easy for us to say you know what joey you know this is a great buy don't worry buy you know obviously most people as prices go up they're very intelligent right if a guy's budget is two million he's a he's a successful person Mm -hmm. Unless he inherited a shitload of money, he's an idiot. Mm-hmm. But he's they're more or less successful and smart, intelligent people. So you don't need to, you know, unless, 
kind of convince them on why it's a good or bad decision. They'll know themselves, like, I want to buy at the Porsche Tower, or I want to buy, you know, a, a house in Miami They'll Beach. They'll usually know much better than the average person, but they still won't necessarily know exactly what they're getting themselves into. They're still hiring you for a reason. Exactly. It might be to just because they're wealthy and don't want to spend the time looking, so they hire you to be that guy, but they, they're not going to necessarily know everything that's going on. There are plenty of wealthy people that make bad decisions. There are plenty of wealthy people that get screwed over. Uh, just because they're wealthy doesn't mean they know everything. So you're, they're still relying on you. They're trusting you that you're going to have their best interest in mind. And like that's, if anything, if anything, in the wealthier, uh, uh, in the wealthier community, in their wealthier client uh, sphere, you need to be all the more conscious of that. You should be conscious at every price point, but you should be all the more conscious because if if you are not, then you're missing out on, on all of his all of his or her friends and, and partners and family members who may be in that price point or higher. So yeah, man, you just that's that's a huge takeaway. You always have to be future thinking, have the best have the client's best interest. Always have the client's best interest. If if you have to lose some money on the deal, do it. If if that's what's gonna make them that's what's gonna make them happy and make it work, fine. Um, you know, obviously it, it's all situational. There's no one rule, but uh, if I if I'm making thirty thousand dollars on a transaction and the only way for it to work and I know my client loves the property is to give up five thousand dollars, I'm giving up five thousand dollars. If that's what's going to make it make it work, so be it. Like five thousand dollars, okay, five thousand dollars is a decent amount of money, but in the grand scheme of things, it's a it's babyish thinking to focus on five grand when a client is putting me in a position or predicament to make twenty five k, and then going forward, who knows who knows what I, what they're gonna send my way. It's a silly, it's a silly mindset, 100%. right? So that's, that's what I think. You know what else grinds my gears? Yeah. What else grinds your gears? When there's realtors that list their grandma's house, their friend's house, like there's, they have zero qualifications. I don't think oh, they've they had about it. And they brag no, about it. No, no, they don't. Okay. They frankly don't know what they're doing. It's they own. The only reason they have this listing is because they have a personal relationship to the owner. This, I spoke about this on my, on my podcast previously. Um, that's life. I mean, I have, I'm trying to get a listing now for a $3 million condo and the seller is a very wealthy older guy and his daughter is a full-time nurse and she has no idea what she's doing. The property has been on the market for over a year and this guy is so difficult. I tried to set up a zoom meeting. I called him 10 minutes before the zoom appointment cause he's out of the state. He, he answers the phone all sleepy. Like he, he told me he didn't sleep all night. I didn't believe him. Honestly, I didn't believe him, but what was I going to do? Uh, you, you don't call someone out in that predicament. You just have to. And, and I'm very, I'm such a blunt person where like I was Ego, aching. ego came in the way I a little bit. I was aching. No, I didn't do it. I was aching to be like, why are you BSing me? <laughs> but I didn't know for a fact. Maybe he didn't sleep, whatever it is. But I'm not going to, that wouldn't get me anywhere, right? I need to just suck it up. Continue to Keep follow the, up. Put the ego aside. Exactly. Continue to, provide just, value, you know, continue to provide value. Continue to provide value. Continue to keep in touch. And eventually, the idea is to is to get the business. Happened to me right now, man. Like, I'm a little upset. I had an opportunity to list the 1.6 million dollar home in Miami Beach, a fixer upper. Knew the guy. I'm working with him. He's a buyer. His mom and all the siblings have shares in the home. Mm-hmm. And I lost the deal because a pregnant part time realtor who's cousins with one of the sons 
got the listing and not me who's a full-time realtor that's what we're in bro that's the game we're playing but dude you think that pregnant no may she have a wonderful pregnant a wonderful no listen but, but she, that's not she's not a real estate agent exactly but that's the game we're playing bro we're in a game of constant rejection constant disappointment but the upside is limitless so. i just think the state of florida needs to make the test or the qualifications a little bit different i agree with you you know I in canada that, way, you have, think... it's a college course to be a real estate agent really it's not like a rinky dinky gold coast 60 hours oh, you have to, to go through a real thing yeah you go to use college for two years to become a real estate agent that's how it should be here dude it's it, it's that's like this be becoming a real estate that's agent how it should be it's, is it's, like uh it's very stupid it's honestly very stupid opening a facebook account it's very Super stupid it's very stupid that becoming a realtor is as easy as it is in, in america i didn't know it was that difficult in 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 canada it should definitely be harder um and anyone who's listening to this is like oh no i don't want it to be harder when you get into the business, you will, okay? And I'm glad that it was easier. One of the reasons it. I want it to be harder is fucking Joey Schmo. He doesn't... 100%. Doesn't have, you know, he, he lists his grandma's $3 million house, has no idea what it's the not, business it's, is. It, it, Imagine it, it's like it's that easy to become an accountant or an, an attorney. It also like, dumbs it down. It makes it seem less valuable. Like if we're, if we're getting paid 2 to 3% of millions of dollars... We need to have more. We need to be better at it. Like we need to hold ourselves to higher standards. Like people are giving us thousands, sometimes millions of dollars to sell something. I mean, these we need to be more competent. Like it, it just these realtors don't give two fucks. It's really it really aggravates me how you have a, a, a listing agent who sells you know one one and a half million dollar property and takes pictures with his cell or her cell phone and put it to, puts it on the MLS and the seller has no idea and I cold call and I see like let's say it's like um uh you know expired but it, sometimes it's accident like sometimes it's a mistake and it's still listed but it shows expired and I go and I and I say oh well he, the 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 seller will say oh no I still have it with my with my agent and I said okay but it says expired on my on my you know on my sheet here and they're like, oh, no, it's still for sale. And I go and I see it says expired for some reason. You know, clearly it expired. But I look at the pictures and, like, the pictures are dark. They're clearly taken with a cell phone. And I... And I with the Sony Ericsson from right, 2006. And, I talk, and I, talk, I, 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 I talk to the seller and I'm like, I just want to make something clear to you. Do you realize that your, your agent is getting, if this closes, an enormous amount of money and they don't even... They aren't even willing to pay for professional photography? Like isn't that some? And it's happened very rarely because most of the most of the time, agents who have that kind of listing are using professional photos. But you do have instances where you have these realtors that are just trying to get away with it, and it's like you you were fortunate enough to get that sort of business. You have a reputation. It's not even about the agent, the 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 agent client relationship, but you, other agents are seeing your listing. Other agents are are hopefully going to do business with you, right? You. Every, people like these agents are some agents are thinking that when you're working a, a transaction you're battling the other agent i'm always trying to work with the other agent cooperation you want to cooperate yeah. with the other agent because you want the transaction to close cooperate with them yeah if they're dicks then yeah i mean if you want to be a dickhead then yeah i'm going to be a dickhead what are you going to what are we going to do like if you're going to come off as an asshole i'll try to to build the bridge i'll try to be be friendly and understand why they're being assholes and say listen i don't know what you're 
being argument. Honestly, I really haven't had that. I'm very fortunate that the agents I've worked with so far, I've only, I haven't, you know, I haven't done that many transactions yet. So I know it'll happen where I'll deal with some dickheads, but so far, they've been, so far they've been good and we've been able to work together. And like, that's what I say to them. So uh, I do think with agents who are, aren't very nice, you need to come off strongly. I think that's really what it is with agents, with certain agents, they see you're soft. They're going to step on you. So you need to you, as long as you you know your stuff, like even a, somebody like me, because I still have a lot to learn, it's easier for some of these agents if they're assholes, but they really know the business to get one over on me because they they know more than I do. But, but once I'm in the business for 10 years and they're most of the things, most of the everyday transactional uh, n- knows, you know, n- things that I need to know, I know. It's going to be very hard for these agents to get one on me. You know what I mean? Right. But when you're new, you just have to, you know, if you smell something's off, you go to another more experienced agent. And you say, yo, what's up with this? Like, is this agent trying to pull something on me? Like, what are they trying to do? Right. And then, you know, then, you know, from now on what's going on and going forward, you just learned what not to do or what to do. Of course. You know, so that's the thing. I've had one maybe negative instance where I felt like the guy was trying to like, Take advantage of the maybe the inspection period or I'm like polishing this bottle off, bro. I'm pretty much done. Enjoy, man. Drink, drink. Wine's good, right? Oh, dude, it's amazing. It's one of the best bottles I've ever had. Well, I wouldn't bring bullshit to your house, my friend. My man. That's for anyone bad. watching, you know, I think uh, wine's like a history in a bottle, man. Every bottle every has its own region, its own terroir. I don't know how people don't appreciate good wine. It's so good. It's very good. And especially when you have the right food with it, the especially right cheese. When especially when you're with the right, right people, too. Yeah. Cheers to a lot of business, you know. Cheers, cheers to, bro. Cheers, cheers to buyers getting their offers accepted. Cheers, cheers to, to happy clients. Sellers getting top dollar for yes. their properties. Yes. Listen, you know, everyone needs to get attention. And uh, if you guys are in South Florida, you get plenty of attention, you stud whether you hit up myself or Raphael, just know that you'll be treated with the utmost respect, professionalism. You'll have the most integrity. Uh, we'll bring you the most value. Absolutely. I might not be convincing while I smoke my vape, but I, it is absolutely true. That's why I love this business, man. I say it all the time. It's, it's like, I, I, of course, I love the check. But when I see my clients happy, it's amazing. It really is, man. It's an amazing feeling. And it's a story. It's a milestone, right? You, you sell, you sell someone. All these buyers we're collecting, and all these—they're gonna eventually be sellers. Like, mm-hmm. it's inevitable for successful people to always climb. Mm-hmm. If I sell you a two-bedroom condo right now, and you meet a woman or you meet a guy, and you guys get together and you get pregnant and then you need a, all of a sudden a, a townhome three years later what do you think i'm not going to list your condo that i sold you and then sell you the townhome of course mm-hmm. i am and then you're going to have two three kids you'll need a three four bedroom home now four bedroom five bedroom home wait you don't think i want to s- s- list your townhome and then your grandma wants to buy and your your neighbor likes me and that's the real estate it could be the biggest chain effect you'll ever have in your life if you're very consistent, like Raphael said, you're honest. And Since when do you call me Raphael? This came out, man. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Rafi. And uh, you know, it's by the way, official. my sister's name is Rafaela. So I know, yeah, yeah. the name Rafi is uh, dear to me. 
Since. I know tonight, dude. It's both are very nice names. But yeah, dude, yeah, Raphael's so official, bro. You don't have to call me Raphael, bro. It's not. Yeah. Um, it's only on my real estate signs. And of my, course. Yeah, nobody calls me that though. I literally corrected the 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 buyer's agent on the the listing I have now. She called me Raphael because she sees it on like on the MLS and on the sign. I'm like, call me Rafi, you know, just because it's more personal. Like nobody calls me that. Of course, the only time you'll be called Raphael is maybe, you know, in. Uh... I mean, if I'm on a panel, if I'm speaking in front of you know three thousand people at a real estate event, then yeah, sure, we can call me Raphael if you feel like it. But with time, with time, it'll happen, my friend. Dude, it a hundred percent will happen. I love public speaking. I'm built for it. I just need the. I love it too. I love it too. I think it I'm starts with what you're doing with podcasts. You know, I hope to see some big dogs when you know. Hopefully, you have a studio coming up. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know. I've had big dogs. You know, we just gotta 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 push the numbers and keep going. But like anything else, man, the consistency is everything. What are some? Let, tell me, what are some like? I just want to know what what are some real? Obviously, you inspire yourself but there's definitely real estate agents in our market who inspire like i'll tell you mine but i want to hear who are some that it's really inspire well, you i don't know i know that some of the agents that are very big didn't grow up poor so it's a little bit as much as i totally respect their work ethic i immensely respect their work ethic i'm much more attracted to a realtor that grew up really from the dumps yeah but at the same time I still like totally honor their grind. So, you know, the guys that I definitely know of or the women I know of, I mean, um, Dina Golden Terra comes to mind. Yeah, I don't she's think awesome. she grew up poor by any means, but at the end of the day, she's a fucking hustler. Uh, Alex Goldstein, although he, uh, he, he wants to come on my podcast, but he, uh, he keeps kind of playing around. Like, you know, he's just like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm important. I don't mind. I'm totally down for him to hear this. He should hear this. Um, and I'll get him on at some point, but like, I'm just going to keep doing my episodes when he, when he, when he's ready, he'll join me. Um, I think quite frankly, it's more of like, for him, it's more of like a numbers thing. Like if my views, if I was getting a ton of views, he'd come on in a second. Um, and he's still down to come on, but I've had people that are a lot more that are quite frankly, he's not a famous guy. He's a very well-known realtor in Florida. He's one of the top guys, but in the grand scheme of things in the world of popularity, I've had much more popular people. Um, some people are, everyone's different. Some people want to connect. I've had Dave Meltzer, who's a very, very well-known person who came on with no questions asked. So I don't, I don't have any issue with it. Like I'm, I'm hounding Adam Sosnick from Valuetainment, literally messaging this guy like an animal. He's probably sick of me by now. I don't give a shit though. Like I even told him this. I even like, like voice noted him on DM. I said, dude, you're probably tired of seeing my messages, but like, one thing you and I both know is that you know who I am at this point. He knows me. When he sees me DM him, I'm serious, bro. I don't give a shit. Like the funny thing is, like if it, if it the thing the thing that's interesting is if it's a woman that I'm trying to interview, I just won't do that because it's just different when you're trying to conversate with. It. Like I just don't want to be that guy that's bombarding any female like that in any kind of way because you just can't do that sort of thing. But with with a guy like. I'm a straight dude. <laughs> like, there's no kind of ulterior motive here. It's strictly business. It's strictly connecting to have conversation and, you know, all that. So if he thinks I'm like... Everyone wants to steal everyone's Yeah, so if he nowadays. thinks like, oh, well, wow, this guy's really chasing after me. Wow, he really, you know, thinks I'm important. If it makes him feel good, any of them, if it makes them feel good that they're a big deal, that they're important, so be it. At the end of the day, if, if I accomplish my goal of meeting them and interviewing them... 
great. At the end of the day, once they meet me, they'll be very glad they did. So it's fine. Um, you know, I, uh, um, what was I going to say? Yeah. So for instance, with Alex, I know he sees my stories very often, right? So there's definitely, there's definitely that. Um, but yeah, at some point he'll join me. And if he doesn't, that's quite frankly his loss. You heard me. You heard me, my man. And, and that's the end of it, dude. Like my goal in, on the real <laughs> estate end is to interview every single big realtor that we know, right? We can go through the whole list, but every single mega agent that is in South Florida, I'll have on. It might happen now. It might happen in two years from now, but they're all going to come on. Awesome. Yeah. Um, they will because they just will. <laughs> they <laughs> absolutely course. will. Um, and I just know that from my personality and I know that from who I've already had on so far that it's only, it's inevitable. It's only a matter of time. So that's where, that's my, that, those are my, my points, my two cents. Awesome. Yeah, dude. Thank you for listening to my TED talk. I love it. I love it. You know, he's that he's not in our market, but I really do like Ryan Serhant. He did start from oh, the I'd bottom. I'd love to meet him. He's I'd love to meet that guy. He he started as a failing actor. I read both of his books. You know what we could do? You know what I should do? For everybody listening to this, what I want to do is I want to make a post, some sort of post that I want to have Ryan as an uh, on my channel. And have a bunch of people I know tag Ryan on my post. I saw somebody do this and it worked. I saw this guy, Dan O'Neill. He's a realtor in Long Island. He has a team. He's one of the bigger realtors in Long Island. And he made a post that he wanted to interview Ryan. And he had like a ton of people just tagging Ryan. And Ryan wrote, you got my attention. That's it. You should do it, man. That's it. So you. What's the worst that can happen? Nothing. This is, by the way, this is what I tell people all the time, like friends of mine that I've been friends with for a very long time. When you have a hunch, when your heart is telling you to go do something, and there's another part of you that that you, uh, everything like, except drinking and driving, right? <laughs> but like when you have these thoughts, right? With for instance, with Adam Sosnick, right? Most people be like, I don't want to bother him. He might be busy. I don't give a fuck. I don't think no one knows who he like, is. Uh, I'm saying he's, that he's, just, he's a guy that works with PBD. Right, like people know him. He knows he's not world famous by any means. I don't, you know, I think he knows who he is. But at the end of the day, like, I don't give a fuck. Like I said, like, what, what is, so he thinks something? Okay. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, am I harming anybody? No. It's just, that's what hinders so many people. Is like they have people this, are worried what people think about them. They that's give the so much issue. of a shit, dude. It's such a hindrance, man. Like, it's such a... People, I really wish people realized how much it hurts them when they're when they're constantly worrying about what people think. People, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people don't give a shit what Rafi Pinsky does from day to day. Are there people who are inspired by what I do? I'm sure there are, and I'm very proud and I'm very grateful that there are people like that, and I hope to always inspire them. But quite frankly, man, people have their own lives. Do you think Adam Sosnick gives two shits what I do every day? No, he doesn't give a fuck. But at the end of the day, quite frankly. I don't care that much about what he does day to day. I wish him the best, but like, I still want to connect with the guy. I like what he talks about. I listen to some of his podcasts. I think he's an intelligent guy. Um, I obviously want to get in touch with Patrick, and and that's it. You know, I'm just doing my thing. What about Jalal? I think he's a great guy. Too, I do want to get on Jalal. I do want to get Jalal on, and I actually haven't touched base with him enough. But when I when I met with Nancy, with Kobe's wife, when you were there, uh, Jalal said he would come on. He, 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 one of my ears went deaf because he yelled at me. 
You know, no, I'm kidding. You know, you know who he listening really loud. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So no, but he said he would come on. But uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, I don't have a crystal ball, Rafi, but I know I can I can see where you have like a your own office slash studio. Like you, you're still working for a big company. Whether you continue with Keller Williams on a big path and become a huge Keller Williams agent, by all means, give you that blessing. But I just see like your own private office slash studio. Where you have these late night like podcasts similar to like Fallon, you know, mm-hmm. what's his name? Jimmy Fallon. I, by the way, I think about that sometimes. I do. Totally. With like crazy things, you know, like. Uh, not just, by the way, not just with mics because you're saying this because I thought about this. Like literally having random games and like wearing weird costumes and having like certain musicians that I like playing. You know how you have like Fallon, I'll have like a random band playing in the background. I love stuff like that because. I've most of my life I've had these funny interactions with my with my close friend circle and now I'm able to expand everywhere. Mm-hmm. And my goal isn't to become famous, dude. I don't care about fame. The reason why I want to put my name out there is because at the end of the day, the more uh, hands you shake, the more money you make. It's not all about the money, but it's you, you we're in a world where the you're able to Who to, you know is what's going to help you. Right? Able, you yeah, man, like That's why I left the network. Put, I'll Put so me in front of doing. anyone. This is what me. I'm doing. Like, I, it's just I'll go to a ballerina convention, a cigar you convention. You would do great at ballerina, Steve. You're very Take nice. me You're anywhere, guys. Great. Invite me. If there's a... You're very strong toes. If there's a, I don't know, a, a robotics convention, you think I know anything about it? <laughs> I would definitely go to a robotics convention. These Probably people are buyers, man. Clients. Everyone's a buyer. Everyone's an investor, you know? I'll see you at the vault. Of course. Take me anywhere. Listen, I love real estate conventions because I want to know what people are in the in our industry doing. But the likelihood of me meeting other business there in that convention with a bunch of other realtors is slim to nothing, right? But I want to go where people are still. Everyone needs to live somewhere, guys. Even if you're renting, you're going to be a buyer eventually. You know, assuming you're going to continue on the path of credit, tax, saving money, buying. Everyone knows someone who owns real estate who eventually will want to sell, who will. If I come to mind, will refer me. So when you go to conventions, conferences, and events where the people are doing crazy things like crypto and drop shipping and Amazon and all these things, just be the guy that stands out and says, hey, I'm a real estate agent. You know, I know you're successful. If you ever want to buy a... Brings me back to something, by the way. No, go on. I'm sorry. I didn't if you ever want to buy a primary or investment property, I'm here, man. There's a lot of awesome pre-construction and a booming market. We have a lot of cranes going up in Miami. Everywhere, bro. This whole place. It reminds me of Israel. Like if you go to Israel, you see like they're constantly building. Um, I, it reminds me of what, what I had. I was in Aaron's coaching. You know, I'm in his coaching every Wednesday. And he was talking to to one of the girls in the group. And she's 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 a shyer girl. Like she's just, she's a newer agent. She's shy. Like you could just kind of tell. And he said, I think your difficulty is that you're not, that you're afraid to ask for business. You're afraid to to ask for things. In the business of sales, really in anything you do in life, you need to understand the skill of of asking for things. And and a lot of people don't feel comfortable doing that. I didn't for a while. But you have to understand how to like when you are in a at a networking event, ask for business. Tell people you're a realtor. Ask for the business. Like go in just for like the, vegans and you yeah, know. man. Like people, go in for vegans it. will go, tell you they're go, a vegan. Go right? take what's yours, man. Like this, it's just like we're, 
This is what brings this what comes full full circle in terms of being a lion, man. I mean, we're 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 in the world. The world is a is a difficult place. It's going to be difficult no matter how you spin it. We're going to get more gonna dense die one day, go. bro. Like we're going to die one day. Time passes anyway. You're going to live your life uh, picking up scraps, or you're going to live your life going after it and hunting for what you want, getting going after what you want. I mean. I want to be in my grand. I want to be in a chair just like this when I'm 83 years old, where I have 30 incredible grandchildren and some great grandchildren, and everybody's sitting there, and I live in a in a great house, and everybody's eating and happy, and and my my grandchildren are sitting on the floor, whatever wherever they're sitting, and they're asking me about all my life stories, and I and I get to proudly tell them about all the things that I wanted to do, and I fucking did, and I'm not that grandfather that said, well, you know, I I really wanted to go to the army and I, I didn't do it. Or, you know, I really wanted to get into sales, but I didn't. I really wanted to make a lot of money, but I didn't. I really wanted to marry that girl, but I didn't. I really wanted, I really this, I really that, but I just didn't do it. Fuck it. Yeah, man, that's what people are like. Do, do, Fuck don't it. you get tired of traveling? No, I don't. Hmm. I, I'm criticized all the time for having the travel bug, but I will regret all the things I haven't done <coughs> and all the things I've done. So, you know, there's people that are spending thousands of dollars at nightclubs that don't remember what they I did. Think that's the, by the way, I, completely stupid thing to do. If you close a massive deal, first of all, I have no, I lost interest in clubs altogether years Me ago. Too. But yeah, I mean, listen, whatever people are happy with, let them be. It's the it's day. an ego thing, right? Yeah, the people. It, but it's like if you're gonna drop three grand on a table at a club, and you could instead go to Brazil or some other beautiful country and drop three G's there and have the time of your life and really explore, not just sit in a hotel on the beach, but explore the land, go on hikes, do the activities, meet the people. Like you'll remember that Ten forever. times, tenfold. You're going to wake up hungover the next day. The, the end goal, let's be real, for most guys if they're going to clubs and dropping $3,000 is to get laid. Three, you, you needed to spend $3,000 to do that? Like, like, that's another question you have to sure ask you can yourself. go on a website. But it's just like it's just so yeah. I'm, I'm like I don't I don't care to really go into the whole judgment of it, but it's like if you're gonna drop that kind of money, do it in something more valuable. I don't really understand yes. the of it. But yeah, hey, listen, a lot of people like to pop bottles. They like it. They enjoy it. If I if I make you know a million dollars on a real estate deal, and a bunch of my buddies want to go out to the club and pop bottles, yeah, maybe I'll do it. Do I care for it necessarily? No, I'd much rather use the money towards travel. Quite frankly. I'd much rather use the money towards investment. I'd rather take that $3,000 I would have spent on some table. Uh, traveling's a great, you know, great use of the money, but if I'm going to use that money on a, on bottles that I could have bought for 1,000th of the uh, price, use it towards Facebook a flip, use it towards marketing, you can use. use it for new equipment. I mean like you don't know how much I'm aching, aching for a new studio. I can't wait to have a stu- a real fat gorgeous studio set up. I'm Let's let, cheers to cheers that. Cheers to that, buddy. Yeah, dude. To have a to have a uh, somebody like a like a like a Jamie on Joe Rogan just kind of sitting there and making sure that everything's good during production, not just post production, but like everything's you know like he can add some things in there during and do all that. But yeah, man, this is a hell of a long podcast, and I had an amazing time. But I just I want to wrap it up because it's already getting kind of long. So, dude, thank you so much. Thank you for coming, Steve. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm glad we talked about similar things and similar mindsets. And I'm sure that, Bezalat Hashem, God willing, for all the non-Hebrew speakers, we'll do business together. Like, well, 
you'll have a listing and I'll have a buyer or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, who knows? We'll co-list something together. Mm-hmm. Pretty much the same neck of the woods. And like, I do a lot of business in mm-hmm. Hollywood, Hallandale, Aventura, Sunny Isles. I mean, mm-hmm. I do dabble a lot in Miami, as you can tell. But I, uh, I know we'll, we'll cross paths in business, not only personal. Absolutely, bro. Sure. And I know I'll learn from you. You learn from me. It's just a mutual thing, man. There's no competition in this business. There's enough business, enough meat for everyone. But there's enough business for everybody. Because most, also most realtors barely do anything. That's the truth. Most real, for everyone who is not a realtor, most realtors don't really don't work very hard, especially here in South Florida. Maybe in New York it's different. But in, in Florida, many of them are very lazy. They know how to put on a good act. They know how to make their Instagram look very sexy, uh, especially very good-looking women. But uh, if you look through their page, you notice that most of the pictures they're posting are just pictures. They're just yeah. pictures of properties. Pictures are like pre-development. So they sold listings zero in. of other their their people's their other people's listings. Most of the this is something Aaron made very clear. But I also know this. It's very important to have a good social media presence, but actually do the fucking work. Exactly, man. Cheers to doing the fucking work, guys. Absolutely. Cheers. Three three cheers in, in the span of three minutes. Well, what, guys, I'm Russian Jew, man. We do a lot of cheersing. I agree. So, dude, I just realized my angling is a little off on the chairs, but so be it. That's how, like, that's what happens when you podcast long enough. You, like, notice these little nuances. Guys, thank you for watching. Hope you made it till the end. Subscribe, like, and share. I'm going to attach your Instagram. Make sure to check out Steve, Stephen Kupchan on Instagram. Top Miami agent. Absolutely. Top Miami agent is your thing, right? Uh, check out his Instagram. Follow him. He's one of my closest friends here in South Florida. So uh, you'll see us a lot together at networking events. Um, I, I love that picture that we have together where your your hands on my shoulder and you're on the phone. It's I love it. I love it. <laughs> I was literally working on a deal then. Did the deal go through? No. But I'll I was be like, honest, bro, we're was... taking a picture, and you're like, yo, yo, I gotta just answer this. I was literally on the phone with a, with a, with a, with a seller's agent negotiating condo at the Trump uh, Royal. So. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Smash the like button. Leave your comments. um, And we will see you next time. Take care, guys. Have a good night.